Since starting this podcast, I've had the great fortune and privilege to interview bestsellers, successful entrepreneurs, and athletes, and you've probably never heard of Raymond Singleton. What an opportunity I have to describe to you someone who provided so deeply and richly for my family so that we can all be inspired to do the same for others in our lives. I'd like to honor a dear family friend in today's podcast. Usually, I have a guest on to interview them about how they have experienced the blessing and protecting of being provided for in their life. Unfortunately, I can't have my guest with me today as he recently passed away, so I'd love to honor him and his legacy with dedicating this episode to him. So in honor of Raymond Singleton of Pulaski, Virginia, here is the episode. Welcome to the Become a Provider podcast, where I interview fellow entrepreneurs, athletes, community leaders, and personal mentors of mine who all inspire me to provide in new and creative ways. If you want to live a more intentional life, then this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Justin Thomas, author of Become a Provider, a National Board Certified Health Coach, President of Doable Health, and co-founder of the C.L. Thomas Fellowship Nonprofit. Most importantly, I'm trying to become a better provider and leave a positive legacy just like you. So let's begin. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk about Raymond today is because Raymond was the one who called me to let me know my father passed away. Let me just read you an excerpt from my book that describes how he provided for me in this moment. I was ready to jump into work and having a conversation with Pop this early in the morning after he texted me was not on my to-do list. But then again, Pop had never texted so early in the morning. I took a deep breath to move past the interruption in my day and called Pop, still thinking about all my responsibilities for the week ahead. A man answered the landline, but it was not Pop's voice. This is Raymond. I'm here with your mom. He paused before delivering the shocking news. Your dad died this morning. My stomach dropped to the floor while my feet braced for the impact of the news, and my mind, numb to what I had just heard, was unable to formulate any response. Finally, I uttered a weak acknowledgement through the phone. What? I couldn't believe it. I had just spent the weekend with him, and now Pop was gone. Raymond, a close family friend, spoke matter-of-factly. We've called the funeral home, and your mom wanted me to call you. Would you like to speak to her? I share this excerpt because I think it describes what it means to provide. It's just being there. And Raymond was there for my family in a tragic loss of my father's heart attack. He was the first person my mom called. He was on his way to work. And as soon as he got the call from my mom, he doubled back and came up to their house and was just there with her, helped guide her through the next steps. And as I just described, was the one who called me to share the news of Pop's passing. Raymond recently passed away, and allow me to read his obituary. Raymond Ray Singleton, age 72 of Pulaski, Virginia, went home to be with the Lord on Friday, January 25th. He was a member of Unity Christian Church in Radford. Ray was an avid sportsman. He loved hunting, fishing, and baseball. He was preceded in death by his father, his mother, and a brother. He is survived by his son and his son's wife and his much-loved granddaughter. The obituary goes on to talk about the family will gather to meet friends and share memories of Raymond. And I was just there last night uh, with my mom 
and brother and family members and friends. And it was a wonderful opportunity to reflect on how Raymond provided for us. Since starting this podcast, I've had the great fortune and privilege to interview bestsellers, successful entrepreneurs and athletes. And you've probably never heard of Raymond Singleton. What an opportunity I have to describe to you someone who provided so deeply and richly for my family so that we can all be inspired to do the same for others in our lives. I just mentioned to you how he did that in the wake of Pop's passing. And after that, there was a huge gap with my family. Obviously, the patriarch of our family was gone, and there were some real needs. And my father had a wonderful retirement lodge in the woods of Floyd, Virginia, a place where he and his best friend, Raymond, would go often to hunt and to manage the property by mowing it, clearing out trees, chainsawing when needed, doing whatever had to be done to maintain the property. They loved it, enjoyed it, and they spent hours together on the property. And that's where I'm at right now, recording this podcast on this land. And I went on a walk this morning and felt inspired to dedicate this episode to Raymond. After Pop passed, Raymond just took over the responsibility of managing this property without anyone asking. I'm out of state, my brother's out of state, and we didn't have the time, resources to do what needed to be done here. And Raymond just showed up uh, doing the mowing, doing the work that needed to be done in a property filled with woods that just have constant issues with it and needs. And how he described it to me one time was, this is spiritual, Justin, for me. It's a place where I go to, and I feel like this is my place where I remember your dad, remember the good times we had, and it's good for my soul. One year for my birthday, just a couple years ago, I brought up a couple friends here to the house at Floyd, and it was a magical time because Raymond happened to be up here wanting to do some work and just spending a day up here, and he let us tag along with him and showed us how to cut wood, and once again, refining my novice techniques and i remember there was a big tree on the bottom laying on the ground and you know the thing you don't want to do with the chainsaw is have the blade hit the ground it dulls it and you don't want any kickback and so i was being very cautious of you know not wanting to hit the ground and I, and I finally got like close but i'd never cut through there and i remember raymond looking at me and said well you didn't cut through it he scared <laughs> and i thought well yeah but let me try again and i was able to cut through it and there was another moment where it was beyond our skill set of a leaning tree that had fallen down. Raymond looked at us and said, we call those widow makers because if you don't cut the right way, well, it makes a widow <laughs> out of your spouse. And uh, we kind of joked about that. But then when he took this tree down, it started to fall on him and he had to get in the four wheeler and drive. And he drove just far enough where the tree came down, but it hit the back of the four wheeler. Fortunately, it didn't damage him. But once again, he said, well, that was close. And so just, we had an appreciation for how much wisdom he had and how he was willing to do hard things as well. Another quick story about Raymond was the very first year of my fellowship group where I brought up some men to this house here at Floyd for what I call a story weekend. The idea is that each guy has a chance to share a story for an hour and we get to know each other and it really forms the group. And all of a sudden Raymond came in, unexpected, had no idea he was gonna come in here. And it was perfect time because one of the guys had just finished. And I said, Raymond, you know, do you like to share any stories with us? 
another magical moment happened where he did. He came in and he talked about how he had breast cancer and how unusual that was for men, but he had it and he had a new appreciation for life. And he talked about the importance of being out in nature and the importance of doing something meaningful. He um, encouraged us, you know, with the group about uh, having a brotherhood and how he was fortunate to have a brotherhood with my father. So in preparation for writing down my dad's story, I interviewed Raymond. And, you know, not all those stories made it to the book. And so what I wanted to do was take a section that didn't make it into my final copy of Becoming Provider. I wrote down some of the stories that Raymond shared with me. So here's some excerpts to describe to you some of the adventures Raymond and my father had together that didn't make the book that I wanted to share here. So uh, this picks up around 1969 to 1972, and I called this community college year slash club Mac. I wrote down an excerpt of this phase of Pop's life, and it describes a little bit of his relationship with a lot of his close friends, including Raymond, in what they called Club Mac. They went to high school together. A lot of them stayed around the area in southwest Virginia, and they had some adventures. So here's an excerpt of a couple pages that I wrote that didn't make the book, but helps describe this brotherhood here. So Pop moved into a house with five other guys. It was an old building with just three bedrooms. It had big heaters and was set up with a bar and kegs of beer. They partied on the weekends, as one friend described, quote, motorcycles and hot rods, shooting guns, and running kind of wild. Five guys sounds like a large tenant of roster, but many more friends were likely to be spotted on the sofa or floor. It was the hangout location in town. Even one of Pop's high school friends, who moved away, this is Raymond, from rural Virginia, stayed at the house nearly every weekend, even though he lived and worked in Boston during the week. This was a brotherhood, similar to a fraternity. They were never short on women or motorcycles. Imagine the vibe from the movie Animal House, and you have an accurate image of Pop's lifestyle during this period. The friends rented the house from the mayor of the town, who happened to be the father of one of the tenants. And... After a few weeks of seeing all the traffic coming in and out of the house, the mayor remarked one day that, quote, this place always has people and going on. It's like a 24-7 McDonald's. Thus, the guys started dubbing themselves Club Mac. It wasn't just a collection of guys who liked to have a good time. They thought of themselves as brothers. They were loyal, which would serve Pop well in later stages. As a product of a small town with limited activities, Pop was always on the hunt for adventure, both in the town and beyond. Uh, this is one of the stories that Raymond told me. One day, Pop decided to go to West Virginia and doing a hill climb. A group from Club Mac went there to see motorcycles, to do the hill climbs, and all the participants in the audience would set up at the bottom of the creek and take off in a, on a really steep hill. Either you made it to the top successfully or you would slip on the hill and come tumbling down. At the conclusion of the hill climb challenge, the audience was invited to attempt to drive the hill. Pop immediately volunteered uh, as he was driving his father's big Chrysler, a big boat of a car, as Raymond described and reminisced in this moment, and it did not go well. Lots of sand and mud was thrown around as it didn't make it too far. During the summer, in between classes, offered the opportunity to satisfy Pop's restlessness. One day, he turned to one of his Club Mac roommates and simply said, hey, let's take a trip. They hopped in the car with the sole purpose of buying a Coors beer. At the time, they didn't sell Coors east of the Mississippi, and 10 hours later, they crossed the Mississippi River, but still didn't find any Coors for sale. They ended up in Dallas, Texas, just to buy some Coors and brought back some cases for the house. 
Pop would have an idea just to go do something, like an idea of moving to Kentucky for a summer when he worked for a roofing company and doing manual labor to explore a new state and earning some money while spreading his wings. Another time he rented a car for five days and put 2,200 miles on it exploring the western states. He wanted to go and experience new things. Uh, and these were stories that Raymond told me about that he was right alongside a pop during these adventures. So I wanted to give you guys a sense of some of the, the types of adventures that pop had with Raymond. In between cross-country beer runs, house parties and classes, Club Mac partied on until the mayor sensed this house was, his house was losing value with the current tenants and told the boys it was time to find another location. Pop was always getting by, able to escape getting in trouble. So uh, some of the adventures that he had uh, with Raymond there. And uh, as you guys probably know by now, that one of the stories of Pop's redemption story that he would later tell me was he went on the run for five years. And I asked Raymond about this, like, what was it like, you know, when your best friend here all of a sudden is on the run and is gone? And uh, describe that a little bit to me. And did you... Uh, you know, did you help out with it or did you know where he was and how did that work out? And so Raymond did tell me the story how during the time of after college, Raymond goes up to Boston and he's heard from the story I just shared. He'd often come back on the weekends, but Pop would also go up there and visit him just to get out of town sometimes. And they would do those crazy adventures of road trips and just to get a Coors beer together. I asked Raymond, you know, how did, how did you find out that Pop was, was on the run? And Raymond said, you know, they were all very tight knit roommates and spent a lot of time together there. Word spread quickly and everyone just assumed that when Pop was on the run that the phones were tapped and you just couldn't get in touch with him. Raymond also said that Pop's father would question him often. So he'd say like, where's where's my son? And Raymond said, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard of him. <laughs> and then one day, the only contact that Raymond had with my dad was indirectly through another friend who had come to Raymond and said, another member of the Club Mac guys saying, uh, we have a mission and you need to come with me. Raymond and this other member of the Club Mac, they end up getting a message from my dad to say, hey, I need you to pick up my motorcycle that's in Tucson, Arizona. So Pop had somehow gotten a key to that friend and said, here it is in the storage unit. Uh, get this and hide it for me until I come back. And that's what they did. They drove from Virginia to Arizona picked up my dad's old motorcycle and drove it back. Pretty crazy. Raymond told me that uh, when I was interviewing him that they loaded up and hit it. And uh, he got it when he came back eventually. It was a Harley chopper. Uh, one of the other guys built it for him. And Raymond described it, easy rider type of bike, loud and leaked a lot of oil. <laughs> and so when my father finally finishes that chapter of his career, comes back and settles down back in Virginia, just picked up right where so Raymond was back in town, had his career here. One of the things that they did was they got their firearms uh, license as a dealer, and they would buy and sell guns. And they'd operate that out of my dad's furniture store. That was one of their hobbies that they had. Actually, what Raymond told me was my dad didn't hunt, but Raymond was the hunter. And my dad noticed how much pleasure Raymond got from hunting. It was actually here at Floyd, uh, the property, where Raymond asked my dad's father, hey, can I hunt on your property? You know, would you please give me sole possession of hunting rights on this land? Once Raymond got that, my dad got interested to say, hey, you know, teach me. And so uh, Raymond told me that right when I was born was when Raymond started to take my father 
on hunting trips. And his first trip was here at Floyd. And Raymond described it that, you know, Pop enjoyed being out in nature just like he did, the different types of weather. He loved the property up here, spending a lot of time together. They would eventually, in addition to hunting, they would take time making horse trails and also inhabiting the old lodge, an old homestead building that's uh, our house that's on the property here. And they would spend weekends, just countless hours and multiple weekends here. They built a back porch on it and they got into hunting together. And they started talking about taking trips out west to go hunt and observe you know, bigger game there. And Raymond described to me that one time their first trip was in Wyoming. They went there a couple times and then they started going to Colorado and they would pull a trailer, a horse trailer, and just drive all night to it. It was just exciting for them. They would ride west in the Rockies. They'd get a, this big old trailer, fill it full of hay, and line the whole trailer with three rows of hay just to have enough. And it was an old truck, as Raymond described. And they drove across the country, tag-teaming who was driving and who was sleeping. And they would drive straight from Virginia to Colorado, spend 10 days hunting, and come right back. Uh, he described some of those trips as staying at a ski resort in the off-season. And they opened it up to hunters like them. They built a corral on the property and went to the Durango area. And, you know, a typical day would be they'd wake up at 4 a.m., feed the horses, load the gear up, and go to the high mountain on horses and elk hunt. <laughs> Raymond joked how it took a while for Pop to become a good hunter. Uh, he never got an elk. Raymond did. But one of the reasons Raymond said he probably didn't get an elk was my dad was smoking his pipe. <laughs> it was not a good strategy. <laughs> it's fun to reflect on some of those grand adventures that these uh, two friends had together. As I begin to wrap up, it's just a pleasure to reflect on Raymond's life because oftentimes when you provide for someone, it's being there for them. I wanted to show off on behalf of Raymond and to say thank you, Raymond, um, so that more people know in a time of need like we had after my father passed away. One of the things that Raymond really appreciated about my dad was uh, Raymond gave up uh, drinking beer, and he was nervous to share that with his friends, as described the Animal House crew. And he said, my father, it was no big deal, and he welcomed Raymond, and he always felt comfortable with that decision and always appreciated it. One of my personal stories with Raymond was after my father passed away, I came up here to Floyd, and I learned how to drive a tractor. And it was intense. A uh, huge tractor going on these small trails. Raymond was following me in a four-wheeler. He taught me how to do it. And then he said, okay, go do it. And then I went driving around the property, mowing the fields. And I remember mowing this this hill. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, I hope this thing doesn't turn over. And I was just trying to do the best I can and trying to impress Raymond and honor my father. And after I was done mowing this hill, Raymond says, well, you know, when you do like that, you don't want to lift up the front bed of the tractor because your center of gravity is off and you're more likely to tip over. And so I thought, well, I'm glad I didn't tip over there and you finally told me that, Raymond. Uh, so I always remember that. Keep front loader down when you're on a hill so you can keep your center of gravity. And also there was a time where he taught me how to sharpen a chainsaw blade. I was doing some chainsawing here at Floyd and I got the chainsaw stuck and I called Raymond up and said, hey, Raymond, what do you do when you get your chainsaw stuck in a tree? It's pinched in there. I said, oh, that happens. I've had that happen to me before. The good strategy is you get a second chainsaw <laughs> and cut where you can and loosen it up and get a wedge in the other place. And so Raymond was that man for me in my life. After Pop passed away, teaching me how to drive the tractor, teaching me how to work a chainsaw, 
and being someone I could call where I knew he would know the answer and wouldn't judge me and he'd have a good laugh about it as well. Uh, so I so appreciate how he stepped in and stepped up in a number of ways, and there's many more stories. But uh, let me conclude here with how Raymond concluded with my mini interview with him. And this was Raymond's final comments to me. I miss your dad every day. Sometimes I'd be helping out your dad and he'd bark at me about something and I'd turn to him and say, what the hell, Calvin? If you don't want help, you do it. (laughs) And we were like brothers. It was a totally different relationship. I could talk to Pop. I miss him every day. Raymond, in honor of you, we miss you. Uh, We celebrate you. We celebrate uh, your faith that you're in a better place now. And thank you for all the ways you provided for me and my family over the years. That's a little bit of the life and legacy of Raymond. Honor the providers in your life. Make sure to just savor all the lessons that they have to give. And I'm so appreciative of having the time I did with Raymond. And here's a clip that got from his church where he sang in the choir. So you can hear directly from uh, Raymond and his voice as well.
Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode provided some real value for you. If it did, please consider leaving a review. And if you're looking for more helpful resources to support your provider journey, subscribe to my free newsletter called Always Provide at justinthomascoaching.com. Every Wednesday, the latest issue is sent and includes the highest quality ideas I have about providing. Each message includes three tips. Two are about providing for yourself, and one is about providing for others so you can make sure that you're serving without burning out. So sign up for my newsletter, Always Provide, at justinthomascoaching.com. And until next time, keep blessing and protecting.